Welcome to episode four of the Wolf Sports Show. I'm your host, Dave Chapin. I'm looking to hit all 32 teams this week, so let's go. First up, the Rams' big win over the Bucks. The Rams are playing with a ton of energy. You might have even seen, I'm sure you did if you watched the game, Sean McVay running around like a maniac. It's kind of been strange, but at least the players are rallying around it, and the Rams are clearly extremely confident through three games. Remember the Bucks didn't have Antonio Brown because of the COVID stuff. He was fully vaccinated, but NFL protocols forced him to miss the game because he still tested positive for the virus, even though I believe he was asymptomatic. He could not play in the game. So remember the Bucks didn't have him. Jason Pierre, Paul set out because his shoulder wasn't hundred percent and it's early in the season. So they kind of didn't want to worsen it. Defense, the corners, Bucks corners dealing with injuries. Cooper Cup lit him up. It should be a different type of matchup if they play again in January. But give the Rams credit, they passed the huge early season test with a home victory over the defending champs. Moving all the way back to the start of week three, the Panthers, I said it might be a bit of a coming out party for the defense in particular. They played pretty well. It wasn't like a total dominant effort, but they played well. What I noticed to start the game, I hadn't noticed it from the first two games, and I only saw it to start the game on Thursday night because the TV happened to pick it up, I guess, when the opposing offense was coming on the field for the first time. That the Panthers' defense, they, like, sprinted on the field, all the players. Like, you don't see that often from professionals. Uh, so that was, I think, clearly, like, the Panthers are buying into Matt Rule's program. First round rookie cornerback JC Horn was a really tough loss. He's out with a foot injury, and they'll be without Christian McCaffrey for a little bit because of the hamstring injury. McCaffrey isn't expected to miss much time, but the Horn injury is really big. He Carolina targeted him with the top ten pick. They really liked him, and he was a key part of their defense playing extremely well early in the season. But they do have more pieces at corner behind them to step up. And it's still a really dynamic defense, young, fast. And we saw that on Thursday night. In his first career start on a short week, I thought rookie Texans quarterback Davis Mills did a fine job. Short week is tough, especially a guy making his first start. I'd say look for the Texans to put more on his plate moving forward. But this will be a challenge week four. They face Buffalo and the Bills defense is one of the best in the league. So that's going to be a challenge for him, but he should learn from it. And I think the Texans are doing a good job of not putting too much on his plate early. But like he handled some things nicely last week. The two minute drill at the end of the half was good. So I think the Texans should be happy with what they're seeing so far from the third-round rookie. Sticking with the Bills, the Bills watching the game was predictable. Week one just looks like it was an off day for Buffalo. They're really good. For Washington, they just aren't going to win many games if the pass rush does not step up. They have the talent. Uh, it's a head-scratcher why Washington is not performing on defense. They were supposed to be a group that would emerge and maybe like wreck opposing offenses almost weekly, put away games, but they just 
it hasn't clicked yet for them. It is early though. The Steelers were the team that beat the Bills in week one, but things have gotten ugly fast for Pittsburgh. I still trust Mike Tomlin and think he'll get the team turned around. It's early, but it's almost like they don't really have the identity. They wanted to get back to running the ball, but the offensive line hasn't quite performed the way they expected when they shuffled things this offseason. Najee Harris was heavily involved as a receiver, but the Steelers want to be able to run the ball and set the tone and play to the defense, which they haven't been able to do yet this season. The Lions did play the type of game they wanted to in week four. They play the Ravens as close as possible. It looked like they were going to win. Then Justin Tucker hit a 66-yard game-winning field goal, which broke the NFL record for longest field goal by two yards, which is pretty amazing when you consider the distance. Two extra yards from the record. It hit off the crossbar and went in. Tucker is a perfect 16 of 16 in his career in the final minute of the fourth quarter. It's just crazy. He's just, he's automatic basically. And kickers, they have, they don't really get it much credit. People like to bash on them or whatever, but they've been clutch this year. A lot of game winning kicks in the night game last week, the Sunday night game, Mason Crosby came through after with 37 seconds left, Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams got them in the field goal range. And Crosby came through with a 51 yard game winner. So kickers have been clutch this year. I know they don't get a lot of recognition, but they deserve some props. In that Sunday night game, Jimmy G also played well. He put the Niners in position. They were ahead. In most cases, getting the lead with under 40 seconds left would would have won the game. But Rodgers worked some magic on the other end. But Garoppolo, he's played well. He's responded well. And Kyle Shanahan affirmed again that he's the clear starter, even with Trey Lance waiting. Back to the earlier games from Sunday in the 1 o'clock window, the Chargers, they pulled off the upset at Arrowhead. They look like a force under Brandon Staley. The Chiefs were coming off the loss against the Ravens the previous week on Sunday night, and like nobody really expected them to lose two straight, especially in September when Mahomes has historically dominated, but... The Chargers came through with the win, were extremely aggressive in the end. Hannah, Kansas City, their second straight loss. Clearly, Justin Herbert is just a stud. I think anyone that paid attention last year knows that. Mike Williams went off. The connection with between Herbert and Williams was great. It's awesome to see Williams being used like an elite wide receiver, which he can be. There was talk all summer about how he would be used pretty much like Michael Thomas is used in New Orleans in Joe Lombardi's offense who came over from the Saints. And Williams is playing like one of the best receivers in the league easily. I'm just mad I had him ranked really high in fantasy. I'm just mad I missed out on him. I think I had him ranked 21st among receivers and like 52 overall or something. I think most places he was like 40th something receiver and outside the top 100 overall. I'm mad I missed out on him. And defensively for the Chargers, rookie cornerback Asante Samuel Jr. is playing like his dad, forcing turnovers early in his career. The Chiefs, again, used to be like nearly unbeatable in September with Mahomes. The Magic just hasn't 
been fully there yet this season. Defense has not really played well. They were a strong group uh, for large parts of the last two years, but they just haven't played up to their standards yet this season. The offense didn't help with the four turnovers last week, though. And overall, the Chiefs, I would expect them to get back on track soon. They go to Philadelphia. Andy Reid, thankfully, he's out of the hospital after a brief stay. He's going back to visit Philadelphia, face his former team again. Also, in the AFC West, the Broncos are 3-0, but they've been all winless teams. Still, even not beating a team with a win, they've done what they wanted to do, run the ball, play good defense, really great defense, I would say, through three games even, given the opponents, and taking care of the ball on offense with Teddy Bridgewater. And the Raiders, also 3-0 in the division, won another close game over Miami, Derek Carr is playing about as well as any quarterback in the league. He's pretty much mastered John Gruden's offense to this point, which makes them a scary team paired with the improved defense under Gus Bradley. The AFC West looks like maybe the best division in the league. And it's still, it's strange to see the Chiefs in last place through in September through three weeks. The NFC West is in the discussion too for best division, but the Seahawks are sliding a bit. They had a great first six quarters of the season, but have since declined some since giving up the lead to the Titans in the second half of week two. They need to get back on track facing the Niners this week. Pete Carroll wants to run the ball, which he thinks will take pressure off the defense. They started off fine against the Vikings, but they couldn't get much going after the fast start. And Mike Zimmer's team really needed a win to avoid 0-3, and they got it over Seattle, even without Dalvin Cook. The defense might be putting it together, but they'll be tested this week versus a Browns team that will run the ball with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. The Vikings could certainly be 2-1. They should have made that kick at the end of the game last week against the Cardinals in Week 2, and they would be 2-1. So them versus Cleveland this week, I think that's a good matchup. Intriguing. The Browns' defense finally got rolling in Week 3. Completely shut down the Bears. More on that in a second. I was happy for Matt Ryan and the Falcons to get a win. It's been a tough couple of years for them. So to get a close win like that is is big for them. I saw Arthur Smith had like a Ted Lasso Believe sign that he tapped twice. So that's, that's interesting. The, uh, probably a lot of young players, I'm guessing, watch the show, the Apple TV show. Ted Lasso, so he wants to rally his guys around him and build an identity, I think. Giants head coach, they lost to the, that's who lost to the Falcons. And the Giants are 0-3. Judge had a great quote during the week yesterday, Wednesday, when asked about analytics and how it factors into his fourth down decisions. He said, I promise you, if Excel was going to win football games, Bill Gates would be killing it right now. On like Twitter and whatever, people are criticizing Judge, I guess, saying he's uh, prehistoric or whatever. I thought it was funny. <laughs> I think analytics goes way too far in sports. Okay, if you want it to be a factor in, I guess, front office decisions or whatever. But on game day, I don't... I don't, I'm not a fan of the analytics at all on the fourth down decisions and when to punt. 
it doesn't take into account like the feel of the game, stuff like that, which coaches can do on the field. I don't like trusting the numbers or the computer, or whatever tells you what they do. It, I don't believe in it at all. But football in New York City, not great right now. For the past few years, no wins for the Giants or Jets. For the Jets, the offense, six points in the past two weeks, 20 points total in, through three games. Losing Mekhi Becton, left tackle for the Jets, obviously hurt. But they're just, overall, the offense is just, it's ugly. Denzel Mims, second rounder last year. He's had like no role. He had a long catch in week one in limited action. But like he's a talented player. There, There's talk like he doesn't fit the offense. Well, you should adapt the offense to your best players, in my opinion. Find a role for your best players. Bill Belichick adapts to his personnel. The best coaches do that. If you have a talented player that can elevate a group, he needs to be on the field and play. Belichick's team is coming off a tough loss to the Saints. The Saints' D is good enough that they have a formula, just pretty much Jameis Winston take care of the ball. You don't need to throw for over 300 yards or even over 200 yards. He's thrown under 200 yards this season each game. Just play to the defense. It's a really strong defense that could win games. They got after Mac Jones. Made it tough on New England's offense. Good sign for the Cardinals to pull out a win in a pretty strange game versus the Jags. Urban Meyer's team. Like in previous years, the Cardinals probably would have found a way to lose the game. I know they end up winning by two possessions. But it's a good start for the Cardinals. And now they face the Rams this week, one of the best games of the week. Two, three, no teams in the same division. The Rams limited Kyler Murray a bit on the ground last year and look for that to be a key for them in the matchup this Sunday. In that Cardinals win over the Jags in week three for Urban Meyer's team, it was a positive to see the third phase step up with a kick six at the end of the half. We'll see them on Thursday night to kick off week four. They play the Bengals. Bengals defense is generating pressure on opposing quarterbacks. As I've said in previous shows, it's kind of been surprising. They've been getting after quarterbacks. They made Ben Roethlisberger really uncomfortable, it looked like, last week. And they're going to try to make it tough on Trevor Lawrence tonight for Thursday Night Football. Joe Mixon went off against Jacksonville last season. And if the Bengals are balanced on offense, they're tough to stop. Jamar Chase caught two more touchdowns last week. Again, I said if the defense was like average for the Bengals, they could be good. Like the offense could probably score with almost anyone if Joe Burrow is protected. So while week two against Chicago was tough, the Bengals are off to a good start this season. Another week four matchup to look at this Sunday. Dolphins against Colts. The Dolphins, the run defense needs to improve. It's a matchup of two teams that have had disappointing starts. The Colts still looking for a win. I say just give Jonathan Taylor the ball. That's how the Titans beat them. They feed Derrick Henry like they do most weeks. It's a winning formula for them, obviously. Taylor averaged 6.4 yards per carry against the Titans, but he wasn't touching the ball late in the game, in a close game. 
I think the Colts just give Jonathan Taylor the ball. Colts linebacker Darius Leonard is pretty mad about the start, understandably, from a leader like that. I would expect him to try to rally the troops a bit on defense. Defense isn't playing terribly, but they need to maybe carry them more. I think the Colts just run the ball with Taylor, play great defense to get back on track. Although Quentin Nelson is going to miss time, likely. He has a high ankle sprain. He's probably out this week. So that's a tough loss, but still, I think, pound the ball with Taylor. And again, the Dolphins' run defense has struggled some. So this is the week. Taylor, no excuse for him not to get at least 20 carries, maybe 25 to 30 carries. The Eagles' offensive line is also dealing with injury. They did not play well on Monday night. The Cowboys demolished Philadelphia to win week three. Entering the season, it was supposed to be this offensive line of the Eagles is a major strength. That strength is gone based on week three. They got relentless pressure on Jalen Hurts. Hurts had his worst game as a starter to this point. But remember, he's young, inexperienced. It should get better. I've been surprised that Hurts has struggled to throw the deep ball. It's like he's, I don't know, it's like he's trying to put too much touch on it or something. Like the underthrown deep ball down the right sideline of Jalen Rager was just way underthrown. But I don't think it's a case of him not having the arm. Last year, he launched one to Deshaun Jackson. I think he needs to maybe play more free when it comes to throwing down the field. Just let it rip. Don't try to be so precise with it, maybe. I'm not really sure. But the biggest concern, aside from the line, is the defense. They had no answers for Dallas either through the air or on the ground, especially on the ground. The Brandon Grand season-ending Achilles tear might have a huge impact. The run D did not look stout at all. They normally are. Graham is a really good run defender. They need guys to step up, especially on the defensive line. The defensive line and the offensive line are supposed to be strengths for them. So we'll see if they can turn it on this week, facing a Chiefs team coming off two straight losses. For the Cowboys, they're... They look excellent. Dak is just a beast. He's long been underrated. I think everyone is kind of realizing he's like a borderline, at least, elite quarterback. They play the Panthers this week. Head coach Matt Rule for Carolina said Dak looks like Peyton Manning, Drew Brees at the line of scrimmage. And you could see that. Like Monday night football, it seems like almost gives better sound for the quarterbacks making calls at the line of scrimmage. You can see how in command Dak is at the line of scrimmage. And finally, from week three, the Bears. Nick Foles was caught on the sideline apparently saying the offense just isn't working, which I think that just about sums it up. Matt Nagy is getting heavily criticized for his offense. It was not a good spot for Justin Fields at all facing the Browns. The simple-minded idiots that were crying like all summer about how Fields needs to be the starter, they can just shut up. Like, it's just, it's only stunting his growth to throw him out there in a situation when, one, he probably isn't ready, and two, the Bears are just not in a good spot offensively. I understand the thing about he can run around more, but 
he was just getting killed and he was sacked, I think, nine times by Cleveland. They had under 100 yards of total offense. Fields needs to sit and learn. He's not as much as people want to make it like he is. He's not like an Andrew Luck guy that's going to completely carry a team. A patient approach would be best for Fields. For the week four preview, the focus will be on one matchup. Big game everyone's waiting for, obviously, Bucks versus Patriots on Sunday night for Tom Brady's return to New England. Ticket prices are insane. And this is clearly one of the most anticipated regular season games in the history of sports, not just the NFL. It's not like it's a highly anticipated rookie prospect making his debut or even Brady making his debut for the Bucks last season. It's the best player of all time returning to a team he spent 20 years with and won six Super Bowls with. And fortunately, it'll come in Foxborough instead of in Tampa Bay. That's how the schedule worked out, thankfully. So it'll be in New England. It'll be quite the environment. I think there'll be, I think Robert Kraft in the summer said there'll be like a tribute or whatever for Brady, probably something brief pregame. Or maybe he said there won't be because they want to focus on the game, but I think he said there will be. There'll be something special, obviously. The presentation is going to be great for television, everything, and previews. But I think both sides are doing a good job of blocking out the huge storyline. Bill Belichick joked about it coming to his press conference yesterday saying, like, any good stories this week? I thought Devin McCourty, Patriot Safety, had a great quote. He said, we aren't good enough to get lost in the headlines, and he's totally right. They're one and two. So I think the Patriots are taking a great approach to this, to Brady's return, as are the Bucks. And while it came as a major shock, the Brady-Patriots breakup was a clean one. Both Brady and Belichick have as much respect as possible for each other. Even if it wasn't like a super warm relationship, they still, they know how great each other are. And they know they, they did unprecedented things with one another. They both made each other better. But now both sides are just trying to win a football game. Still, I'd say Belichick and Brady appreciate like the historical aspect of the game, even if they won't come out and say it in the lead up to it. And I'm looking forward to like, I guess even pregame, we'll see if they talk on the field after the game. I'm sure they will. Brady can get pretty mad when he when he loses and maybe leave, but but I'd say Belichick for sure will try to seek him out after the game tell me he's the greatest i was high on the patriots in the preseason but let's be real they're going to be undermatched facing the defending champions on sunday night mac jones is legit as bruce arian said this week but he's getting beat up early in his career the patriots offensive line was a unit i expected would be one of the best in the league but that hasn't been the case yet tampa bay has a great pass rush and you can't really run on the bucks at all it might be a tough night for Jones and the New England offense. But we'll see if he and the receivers, they do have improved weapons, the Patriots this year. If he can get a little bit of protection, if they can maybe take advantage of the injuries the Bucks are dealing with on defense in the secondary. But again, it might be a tough night for Jones if he's pressured again, like he has been early in the season. 
on the other side, I'm very intrigued to see what Belichick might have up his sleeve to combat Brady, Gronk, and the Bucks offense. Belichick said this passing offense for Tampa Bay is basically what Tom is running in New England for two decades. Maybe Belichick will have some answers for him. It'll be fun. We'll see what happens. I'm just hoping for a close game. I don't want to see a blowout either way. I don't think the Bucks will get blown out, certainly, but I'm hoping it's a close game. And it's must-see TV even for average sports fans. I won't be surprised if it gets astronomical television ratings. The NFL is America's top show, and it does not get any better than this for a regular season game. So we're kind of figuring out where teams are after three and after this week, four games. No spread pick this week. It's it's just a really tough slate, in my opinion, with the game lines. I guess I would say the Bucks probably will cover. The spread's at seven right now. But again, I'm hoping for a close game. Now for the mail. Again, if you have comments, questions, concerns, send them in at davidchapine at wolfsports.com. Include your name and or hometown, state, or country if you'd like. You were so right on Trevon Diggs. He's playing like the best corner in the league. Nate from PA. Yeah, he won NFC Defensive Player of the Month. He's off to a really fast start. Jerry Jones said he's almost like a receiver playing corner. He forces turnovers. He's really athletic. Maybe he's not the best corner in the league, but he's certainly on the rise near that elite category, if not in it already. Who do you think gets NFL Sunday ticket? Al from Fresno. This is a tough one. DirecTV's had Sunday ticket for years. If you don't know, Sunday ticket shows pretty much like you can watch every single game. The local games are blacked out, but you can watch. Say you're in Philadelphia, you can watch the Eagles on whatever Fox, most cases, each week on local your local channels. But Sunday ticket allows you to watch any team you can watch all 32 teams aside well aside from the night games but sunday the one o'clock and four o'clock windows you can watch every game there's a game mix shows eight games at once or another game mix shows four games at once so it's a hot ticket obviously in the nfl again america's best show it's going to be a bidding war i'm guessing for the rights to sunday ticket it might be a dual thing where a service like DirecTV keeps the Sunday ticket for like cable, well, their, their satellite, but cable slash satellite, and then a streaming option maybe, like Amazon, even Facebook, Apple TV, one of these streaming services. But I'd say Amazon's going to go hard at it. They've gotten into the NFL. They're interested in it. They're getting Thursday Night Football next season. Apparently, Al Michaels might call the games for them. When Amazon gets Thursday Night Football next season, which will be interesting. I guess Mike Tirico will slide in on Sunday Night Football. Tirico's good too. But I'd say keep an eye on Amazon going after Sunday Ticket. They know the NFL is a valuable commodity. Maybe in a future show, I'll dive more into Sunday Ticket and the potential players for a bidding war for its rights. And we'll end the fourth episode of the Wolf Sports Show there. It should be, it's been a good start this season. I'd say it'll be another great week. We know the headliner, Bucks, Patriots, in Gillette Stadium. It's going to be awesome. So enjoy that game. Enjoy all the games, and we'll be back next week. 
Thank you for listening.